0: Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 125, and we have a couple of guests on this episode. We're going to have uh, uh, former Red Wing goaltender, New York Ranger, Edmonton Oiler. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure he's tired of hearing his best man at Wayne Gretzky's wedding, uh, uh, Eddie Miao, and then Joe Koser will join us uh, as well as we promote this week is the uh, the charity softball event for the Joe coastler foundation so uh, Eddie has been here every year great supporter you know they call him the clown Prince I guess I should say of of the event and uh, uh, but you know he was my former radio partner in a life way back when a uh, very good friend of mine really enjoy uh, Eddie but before we begin with Eddie I want to remind everyone that the red and white authority is presented by Labatt blue it is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings you know what's summer winding down right now what better way to to uh, kick off the fall campaign, if whatever, or work, or, you know, s- toasting the summer goodbye than uh, a nice, ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue. But we always ask that you drink our beer, our premium beer, responsibly. With that, uh, I, mean, I kind of was a little tongue-tied here, but let's bring in Eddie Miao. Eddie, hey, thanks for joining us. It's always great to see you. All
1: right. Anytime for you, buddy. We had some good times back then. We... We know how to talk, that's for sure. <laughs> we, cer-
0: we certainly do, you know. And it, it was great, uh, and, uh, you know, it's always great to catch up with you. And I guess you're here each and every year. You give back your, your integral part of the Red Wing alumni. Why is it so important for you to give your time to help people?
1: Well, because, you know, when you look at uh, at least my life, Uh, Just an average player, but lasted 11 years. But I had a lot of breaks along the way to get me where I wanted. Uh, You know, a lot of good people backed me up. So when we have to give back, it's not like we have to give back. Right. You've got to want to give back. It's got to come from the heart, and, and there's less fortunate people. We all know that. You've done a lot of charity games. Uh, you've, you've broadcasted mm-hmm. a lot. You've done a lot of special appearances. That's all we're doing here. But you know what? It's a lot of fun. It's fun what Joey does for this every year. When you come out to that park, it's fun everybody that he invites to that place knows what we're doing there we are giving back but we're having some fun and hopefully the crowd has fun with us you know there's always something that's going to happen whether it's Darren McCarty out with his uh, kilt, kilt, on. Yeah. kilt on, or me dressing up in the whalers outfit. Uh, the the when uh, you wore Zon- clown makeup last year, and I, I mean- wore the clown makeup next year. I don't know what I'm going to do this year. I'm trying to figure it out. But the thing is, it's all about if you can poke fun at yourself because look at what where the money's going, and right. that's the key thing. Right. Uh, Michigan, at least our area here. Uh, where Joey does it, uh, Detroit, West Point, you name it, all Oakland County, Macomb, it's a given area. Right. And and, and and remember I did I did a golf tournament for twenty years over in Windsor, Ontario. And I know Your how, hometown in you're my from. hometown and, and I know how tough it is to get guys to come out. But you gotta get the right guys that believe in what we're doing and that means what Joey's doing. Giving something back. So when you ask why I do it, it comes from the heart and Just trying to give it back and make other people realize there's less fortunate people out there than we are. You know,
0: talk a little bit about growing up in Windsor because, I mean, you know, your parents were very influential in you. I I know that. And I've always felt this kinship to you because my mother's family immigrated from Greece, and she was first generation here. Greek was spoken in the home. You know, you're not Greek, but you're Italian. I mean, there's... 100% Italian, yeah. Yeah, there's a... uh, uh, you know, it's like a, a, you know, I mean, it's instilled at it in a very early age. I know my mother did for me, and, you know, I I don't know if Italians like to hear this, but I think Greeks and Italians are very <laughs> a, a similar yeah, in a lot of
1: ways. Absolutely, Art. I mean, it's it's still it instilled in your background, in mm-hmm. your upbringing. My parents were off the boat, as your parents were. Uh, uh, they worked hard, only very, very, very blue-collar, <laughs> very... Dad worked construction. Mom was a head chef at a, a Cleary Auditorium, but they installed. Whenever somebody came over to our house, it was opened up, as I'm sure your parents mm. Oh, did. yeah, no and, doubt. And for, so that creates where you get to meet so many different people that maybe they're more fortunate than us, less fortunate. doesn't matter. So it's all from the upbringing. So in Windsor, like, I mean, for the longest time, Wayne Gretzky was asked, what's his favorite restaurant when he comes to Detroit? And he always said, "Mama meals." So for the longest time, they thought I had a restaurant. It was Mom's house on Lillian Street in Windsor. And you know, when, whenever he came to town, he'd call up and say, "What's Mama cooking tonight?" And she says, "Well, she's waiting for you, Wayne." And he would bring in, you know, whether it's ten teammates, twelve. One time we had twenty guys there. So the point is, it's about giving. Right. Okay? Right. Okay. Open your heart. Open your house. Open anything up just to give back and i mean this guy here joey kosher yeah i'll tell you what when you come out saturday you'll see the effort that goes in his committee the people working all year long to create a very great atmosphere and you've done the games there right. you know how much oh, yeah. fun it's the people great. out there there was what three thousand people in and out last year and they all had fun So you talk about windsor ontario you talk about it here, it's all our upbringing. Mm-hmm. And if you look back, hockey players, they got great upbringing, and they understand what they have to do to give it back. Right. You know,
0: I, I mean, I, I will tip my cap to most athletes. You know, when they reach a certain level of fame, they uh, they do give back to, to yeah. the community, and they do give their time. And, you know, you're certainly uh, one of them. Now, um, I, I know that uh, – Over the past previous years, as we've talked about, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do, but the camaraderie that you all share, and it's maybe professional athletes because there's just not hockey players or Red Wings here. There's current Red Wings, there's former Red Wings, but uh, a lot of that just seems to be the fraternity of being a professional athlete, and then, which really translates well into your work, which I know with the Red Wing Alumni Association, which you guys Talk about fellas that are constantly giving back to the community. The Red Wing Alumni Association is almost second
1: to none. Uh, it's, you know what, when Ted, God bless his soul, when Ted and Alex and uh, Sid Abel started this thing way back, it's carried on, and every year we have to understand that what how do we do and how do we give back more? And the alumni is always there. It's always, it's always prevalent that... No matter what, there's always going to be a few of us, Mm -hmm. and then we have such a great supporting cast with with which aren't just Red Wings, aren't you know that
0: right? right. No, I know. You
1: got guys like Brian Smolinski and Sergei Samsonov and, and Wayne Presley, and the list goes on. That never played for the Red Wings, but understand what it is about giving back. And so when we call them because we need to fill up the roster, they're. Always readily there, Pat Peak. Never played for the Red. There's guys I can name, and I'm going to leave out. Obviously, no, right. Yeah,
0: that's always tough when you start listing people. Yeah,
1: and uh, but it's it's the kind of that 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 this area here. So many people come back because it's a great area, whether they're former Red Wings or not. They're former players, and that's what, what that's what it's all about. It's 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 the Red Wing alumni continuing that uh, association of giving back, but also bringing in guys that Boston Bruins or whoever they played for, and they're welcome to play for the Red right,
0: Wings. Right, right. I guess the criteria for the Red Wing Alumni Association, if I as long as you played in the NHL and you're here in Detroit, obviously, you can join that alumni yeah. association. Now, I don't know if that's, that's prevalent true. throughout the league, but that's uh, how the Red Wings do yeah, it. Yeah,
1: that's how the Red Wings doing. I'm not sure. And we have to vote on them. OK, it's oh, not really? a tough vote. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, you got to go by the but bylaws, there's OK? There's <laughs> shots at the bar or something? How that work out? There, the bylaws. Somebody
2: has to <laughs> write bylaws. a letter.
1: Okay. you got to follow the bylaws. The where, you know. <laughs> somebody writes a letter and says, hey, so-and-so just retired. And, you know, uh, you'd like to be part of the alumni. I said, OK, we take it in, bring it up in a meeting. One month, they're voted in. So that's how easy it is to get into the the Red Wing alumni, And plus they buy the first round. Yeah, the there
0: you go. <laughs> right, okay. I figured that had to be somewhere there. Uh, you know, when you look back at, at your playing career, and, you know, I asked you, maybe you don't get tired of it, but you were best man at Wayne Gretzky's <laughs> wedding. I mean, and I remember, I think that thing was televised on CBC. I mean, it was a huge major event. I would imagine that it had to be if if – Canada would have a royal wedding. Arrival, it—that it, was probably it. What was it? I've never really talked was, to you it, about it. What it, was that
1: experience it, like? It was—it was the royal wedding of Canada. Okay, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the, the whole two weeks prior to the wedding, it was—you know—I I mean, it's—it's it's very hard to describe. It really is because it went by so quickly. I mean, you're there, and then it's ending because you had so much fun. It wasn't about. It wasn't about Wayne getting married. It was about everybody getting together and enjoying that Wayne was getting married in the press. But, I mean, you came out of that church, and literally there was thousands of people behind uh, barricades, right, right, and the press and everything was there. And then, you know, of course, Wayne did it upright. Right. We had all Rolls Royces, old ones, right, uh, wow. for the uh, for the bridal party, and then obviously Wayne and Janet. But it, it, the whole wedding, the, the the people that were there, we had, uh, I think uh, Ziegler, the the commissioner was there, and uh, Glenn Sather, obviously he's the coach and all that, right. Gordy was there, so I, this brings up a good... So when I got up to give my speech, right, right. and uh, so I have to figure out, you know, I'm always trying to figure out something to do. That's right. why they call me the clown prince. Right, right, right. Well, you're, so, very, you're very good at that, and I mean <laughs> that in
0: a very positive
1: way. I just like to have fun. <laughs> so got to figure out something to do. So I went out and made about uh, 20 keys, okay? They didn't open anything up, but 20 keys. And I went out in the crowd at the reception after the the ceremony, and I gave these keys out, okay, mostly to girls, Uh okay? And the last girl I gave out to was uh, actually she was uh, pregnant, so I gave her the key, and I told her, you come out last. But then no one knew the person I gave the real last key to, Mm -hmm. okay? So when I got up and I was giving this, uh, I says, you know, you know, you go through the formalities right, right, and right. thank everybody and Wayne and Janet. <laughs> Say something good, and I says, "By the way, before I get off, Wayne has asked me. There's a few keys out there. Okay, can we please return them? All right, because Wayne's now starting a new life. Right, so, he's a married man. He's now. a married man. He does. So one by one, girls. I had young girls. I had <laughs> everything. One by one, they come up to the podium. Give me a key. Give the me crowd's a key. probably laughing at yeah, him. Oh voice. yeah, and yeah. give me a key. Give me a key. Then the last one. The pregnant the Dallas comes up and she's pregnant, gives me the key. There's a big laugh, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm counting the keys. I'm trying to says, okay, there's one more out there. Come on, who's got that last one, please? And up comes walking Gordy Howe <laughs> <laughs> with the key, right? So. So it's Gordy comes out and he played it just great. Gordy was in on the jetty. I told him, You come up at the last one. I say, When I say, Hey, I know there's one. Wayne said there's 21 keys. I only got 20. Where's that last one? And Gordy comes out. The whole crowd. Well, that's so that's what it was all about. It was, yeah, it was formal. It was great, but it was fun. Okay. Well, did you feel Being the best man, and I mean being tight
0: with Wayne, obviously, who is, you know, I've met him several times, tremendous individual, really, as great a player as he was, you know, the old expression, he's even a better man, but uh, when, did you
1: feel extra pressure because you were the best man of the Royal Wedding of Canada? (laughs) I always said to Wayne, I says, I must be the lo- the the best logical choice, okay? Because he's just finished playing with Messier, Paul Coffey, Kevin Lowe. These are all <laughs> his buddies, okay? For, okay, and he's got his family, Glenn, uh, Keith, Glennie, and all that, right? So, I'm thinking, Gretz, you only did this so that. If he would have picked Paul Coffey, Mess would have gotten that. So <laughs> right, this was the logical choice. Right, you're, the me new, in. you're the neutral I'm, guy. I'm the neutral guy. I'm playing in Detroit. Well, no, I, yeah. No, I'm retired by right, that. Right. So I'm retired, and I'm the neutral guy, so it, it made it easy. So we joke about it. You know, Wayne's a very good friend, and I think the reason he probably chose me was because we played together when he was 17. I'm obviously seven, eight years older. I took care of him. They'll you know, a little bit in uh, Indianapolis. Then we got sold together. It always seemed that our pattern was together. Ooh, you guys crossed paths. We were paths. crossing. Yeah. Even when I got traded, Wayne uh, Wayne was always in touch. We were, you know, because sometimes you get traded, you lose. We right. we spent time. He always called me. He always wanted this. We always spent time in the in the summers together. So it just kind of, I don't know if you looked at me as a big brother, maybe the the brother the. Older brother, he didn't have, you know, because he was always the one calling the shots. Mm-hmm. He was the oldest, right? Mm-hmm. So now, being 17 and I'm 24, so maybe that was it that we felt the bond. We're still a good bond. It's, it's, we're close friends, but we don't talk every day. Like, you know, right, you right. think, you know, we just keep in touch when, hey, Well, you
0: always go to his, uh, what is it, his fantasy camp? Fantasy camp. Well,
1: it's over now. uh, He decided it was time to uh, shut her down after 15 years. But it doesn't matter. We're always hitting somewhere where he's calling up and saying, hey, I'm going to be. So that's something to learn. You don't have to be. Talking to somebody every day to be a good close friend. Right, and you really, you're really kind of from the same area of Ontario. You're not yeah.
0: that far from each other, nope. so you probably nope. share a lot of nope. common experience. You know, Greg Stefan grew up with him. Oh, that I know. Steffen <laughs> <Steph> grew up, <laughs> trust
1: me, I've heard it. Him, who was my partner in, <laughs> right. uh, in in Detroit. So so the thing is, you know, the wedding was great, the friendship was great, he's a great guy. I mean, right. you know, but. You know, it's all good. Like I said, I got more press from being his best man than the 11 years that I played pro. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, hey, what the heck? Uh, that must mean I'm not a very good hockey player. Well, yeah, hey, Eddie, I mean, I, I've looked at your career stats. Hey,
0: you were in the league. I was in the league. <laughs> you, you have the stats yeah, to prove it. Yeah, was but ba- scoring was big back then. Right, remember right, right. That. That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, uh, I know we have to wrap it up here, yep. you know, the big dinner going on. But uh, I, I wanted to ask you uh, specifically, uh, Steve Eiserman is back. Ken Holland did a wonderful job here, regardless. Sure. You know, you know, and now he's with the Edmonton Another Oilers alumni. Yeah, exactly. But uh, you know, you, you have thoughts on Steve coming back? Do you look at the transition for the Red Wings? Do you think that the team has a little ways to go? Their blue line has is going to have to be rebuilt. I talked to uh, Danny DeKaiser, who's on our next podcast, by the way, and I said, you know, sooner or later. Probably sooner you're going to be the elder statesman on on the blue Absolutely, line. You know yeah. he's 29 yeah. years old, but yeah, you know, I'm just kind of curious. You know, you maybe your whole thoughts of this transitional period that the Red Wings are going through. You
1: know, uh, uh, let's face it, it's Steve Eiserman. Okay, <laughs> so good things are going to happen. All right, there needed a change here. Nothing against Kenny Holland. Uh, love Kenny. Uh, played together with him. Played against him way back in the 70s. <laughs> the point is that you know. Sometimes new blood, and, and Kenny still could have been part of the Red Wings, but I think Kenny still wants that challenge, and he's going to get it in Edmonton. But with Stevie, what that brings in is it's not like Stevie's going to be the genius. where are we still got some rebuilding to do. Oh, right. Okay, but his power behind there and what he's done in Tampa, and that was the greatest move for him to leave Detroit and go to Tampa to learn on his own. Because right. let's face it, didn't we all think he was coming back? somewhere Th- that always seemed that uh, always if, if seemed it the wasn't point. the prevalent feeling it was certainly yeah. the prevalent hope exactly it was almost like Stevie go and be a GM do your you know uh, novice your training whatever and do all back. your major screw do, ups do, there yeah. but he did <laughs> no so he didn't at all and, and so that's the yes. good thing about him coming back I think what Stevie's strength is going to be for us is number one attracting some good unrestricted free agents right okay we haven't attracted too many of those in the last few years right of course we haven't had the salary cap to do it we haven't had the the team remember team has to be going upwards before you can attract that good unrestricted free agent I think Stevie's strength is going to be there Stevie's strengths also be with with management getting that group of core guys for scouting and all that he's brought Pat Verbeek back so you know what good things come with change Let's hope, okay? Right. And I think that's what we have to look forward, not put any pressure on Stevie. Like, like It's not going to be this year, but it could be. Could, not, the, not the cup, but maybe the playoffs again. we got some good young players coming in. Stevie's going to tweak it. His staff's going to tweak it. Uh, but I look to see us making strides as we move, move forward. So is Stevie a good fit here? absolutely
2: yeah well, and
1: remember i played i played with stevie in 83 so uh watching him come from an 18 year old to what he is now are you
0: surprised that he went into management i mean did you see that in him even at that young age or did you just see here's an 18 year old who's
1: supremely talented i saw that he was going places. He was very he's Just very like dressed. Yeah, you gotta remember I played with I don't know if anybody can say this and I have to look through the years, but three of the best eighteen year olds. That was Gratz obviously. Right. Messier and Stevie Eiserman. Okay. Wow. That's I played with Eddie. all three of them, okay? And so you get to see and look where they were look where they went. Right. I could see it back then. Right. I could see it. Right. Okay. I couldn't see that he would be going into management but mario went into management gretz went into management a lot of the good players that you see have gone into management um yeah i guess you did see it you saw i'm not gonna say stevie was a great leader right from the start he was a shy guy he's only 18 he was 18 he was a shy guy but he kept learning and learning and that's why the vets help and that's what stevie's learned Gretz learned, Mess learned when he was in New York. You bring in those good seasoned vets to teach your young guys. Right. And I think that's where we have to look at bringing in some seasoned vets to teach our young guys. we got a pretty good crew of young guys coming up. Right. No. Really do. Yeah. Really
0: do. Definitely.
1: And I think Stevie will bring them. I mean, you look at Stevie and and why aren't you going to play for him? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if you're a young guy and you got Stevie Eiserman as, as, I shouldn't call him Stevie anymore, he's not an 18 year old, but Steve Eiserman. <laughs> right. Steve Eiserman. Steve Eiserman. But uh, you look at him as a young guy and say, man, I want to play my butt off. I want to stay here. I want to play for Steve. Right. Okay? Well, you- that's the way I think he's going to be more of an impact
0: uh, I know we have to wrap it up Joe coaster is about to join us but I wanted to say something to you over the years I've had you know several radio partners most notably Terry Foster with the old sports doctors and then Doug Karsh, uh and also you and I've got to say that you know being you know your radio partner, was really truly a highlight i really appreciate it i appreciate our friendship and uh, thank you for being on the red and white authority
1: well that goes back with you too art it was a pleasure doing work with you we had a lot to talk about there's certainly never a dull moment when you and i get together so i appreciate everything we work together and what you do for the red wings and obviously just being part of joey kosher's foundation is awesome
0: well, let's bring in the head of the Joe Koser Foundation, of course, former Red Wing, former Rangers, Stanley Cup champion at least two times. Sometimes I think three or four, but you know that's uh, that's my advanced age. But let's uh, let's bring Joey in, uh, uh, Joe. Thanks for j- joining us. I always appreciate you taking during a very busy week time out
2: to be on the Red and White Authority. Thank you, Eric, for having us. It's uh, it is. It's a great week. We. Uh, We look forward to it every year. We raise a lot of money for local charities and uh, we see a lot of smiling faces and I got some great celebrities that come out and give their time and... uh just look forward to
0: it. Yeah, I, I tell you this every year, and I know it's a podcast, and this is more of a visual thing. But your logo, I think, is one of the best I've ever seen for your foundation. You holding the hands of uh, of children with your, you know, your Red Wing. I would like to say Red Wing uniform on. I just think it's absolutely tremendous. It's absolutely really tremendous what you do, what your foundation was, and I know that it started over a campfire. It's now grown. This is the eleventh year. Is there? I know that it's, you're so connected to this community, yet you grew up in, you know, the prairies of Canada, shall we say. You know, it's Saskatchewan.
2: Why is there such a connection between you and this area? Well, when I when I got drafted by the Red Wings, I, I moved into this area, and I've lived in this area longer than I lived in Canada. I mean, I, I was a farmer and a young farmer growing up so I understood uh, the value of hard work but moving out to the Highland area it's the same it's the same blue-collar crew, uh, crowd just like uh, a lot of Detroit is so I learned from the best I learned from mr. Lindsay on you're not just a hockey player I mean they're gonna love you on the ice but it's what you do after your hockey career ends and and have the opportunity to kind of follow in his footsteps and and learn from him and and to have a foundation and, and raise money for the charities is, is, a, is a great accomplishment and a great honor that I, that I do.
0: Over the years, I have always found myself either here at the golf outing or at a
2: sponsor's dinner where
0: the various sponsors get up and some of the charities that you, that you help out. And uh, you know I, I, I'm actually, I know virtually everybody now, and, uh, uh, but today, you talked about Ted Lindsay and you got a little choked up, I think, as, as I do. I mean, he was, you know, I, I told his daughter this and Lou earlier today. He made me a better person just by meeting him. You know, he was just that good. Uh, this year you're doing something a little different. You're honoring Ted Lindsey. Can you elaborate a little bit on that?
2: Yeah, Mr. Lindsey uh, had such an impact on not only me but – Many, many hockey players in the Detroit area, especially um, that came through the Red Wing organization. We'd see him in the locker room working out at age 60, 70, 80, and he just, we'd see him at the training room at age 90 working out. And he was such an inspiration and having his foundation and kind of showing us the way, showing us the way to give back and, and the, the, the sadness of losing him this, this year uh he's he's the perfect person in my opinion to honor because we all looked up to him so much and we're gonna we're gonna dearly miss him but we've learned so much from him and that's I think that's anything we do in life if somebody when I pass away if they say you know what we learned a lot from him or he he gave a lot back We'd be so happy, and that's what Mr. Lindsay did. He was, he was everything to us.
0: You know, it's, it's interesting, and I don't want to get all <clears throat> sad modeling maudlin here or anything, but you are a great hockey player, legendary here in Detroit, Bruce Brothers obviously with Bobby, and, and we all know that. But do you think maybe the best testament to you, when, and we all pass on, will be the first line of your obit, former Red Wing, New York Ranger, Bam, uh, Stanley Cup champion, but philanthropist, head of the Joe Koser Foundation. you know, put this wonderful charity together that was local. I mean, do you look at that? that legacy, I would imagine to you, would be just as important as anything you've ever done on the ice?
2: Yeah, and that's even Ted, when I talked to Ted many, many times, his he was he was proud of his hockey career, but he was prouder of the Ted Lindsay Foundation, right? I mean, it's it's basically what, we are—we're all great under the lights, and we love it when we're on the ice, and the fans love us. But it's what you do when the lights turn off, and what you do away from the game, and what you do when people aren't watching. And starting these foundations and raising money for these these fine charities and these these people that are definitely in need. What, how Ted started, or Darren McCarty had won, or myself, or Eddie Mio had won. We've all learned through Ted, and I'm excited for it. And yes, I. I I think as all of us, our goal is when, when the time moves on that they're going to remember us not for being an athlete, but for the things we've done within the community after. For being a human being, for being a person. I mean, really, no, I, and you're you're really one of the best. I
0: mean, I, you know, over the years, I, I, sometimes I pinch myself because, you know, I grew up in Detroit, lifelong Red Wing fan, and now to, you know, rub elbows with you fellas, you know, guys that, I, I, you know, I cheered for, basically, is, you know, I get overwhelmed by it sometimes because you're such decent men. Um, well, what about this year? I mean, you know, year 11, Eddie's not sure what he's going to do. He, he, he was in clown makeup last year. But, I mean, this this is, uh, this. I always call it, people say, well, you go every year. I think this is, I know it's the 11th year. I think this is my 10th. I missed it one year. Had to see Eminem in concert at Comerica Park. But uh, aside from that, um, is it, I call it a festival because there's, It's just not softball, and I'm not taking anything away from the game. But this is just a festival atmosphere that you've
2: created. We call it a country fair. Mm -hmm. It's it's something when you grow up in a small town in Saskatchewan. Every every summer they have a two or three day fair where they got midways, they got softball games, they got beer gardens, they got dancing, they got bands playing all day, and that's kind of how we decided to make that. Our event, 11 years ago, we sat by the campfire and we wanted something unique. We did a softball, or I'm sorry, a, a golf today, but that's more an honor for, the, for right. the sponsors. But our event is just something down home, something that anybody, anyone, you could have a two or three year old kid there. You could have an older person there watching softball or just sit and listen to music. There's so much to do. And that's that's the excitement of it. You know, uh, I don't want to keep fawning over you because I don't want one of those famous coaster uh,
0: elbows in the mouth here, but uh, uh, I I really, really admire you because you've taken the lead inspired by Ted, and I think that that really is a really a, a, a tremendous thing. Now, you know, you're a great softball player. I've seen you out there, and I know your team, you know, has lost the last couple of years in the Celebrity Game, and I know... Our good buddy Newman had some say in Dino Bunting, and there was controversy last year. Steve Avery, Steve Avery won the game, I think, on a two-run homer or walk-off because I talked to him after the game, but I, but this year,
2: you can't play, right? I mean, you're, you're kind of the walking wounded right now. Yeah, I was playing a charity hockey game five days ago, and I tore my biceps tendon, so... I'm going to be coaching, and I'm going to make sure that uh, no bunting this year. There's no bunting in,
1: <laughs> in, softball. in softball.
2: But uh, now it's it's an exciting. We've got some, like I said, we've got some great celebrities coming back. They've some that have been there for 11 straight years. So uh, no, we've come a long way together. I remember uh, sitting with you in Studio P. Yeah, that's right. That's right. it's gone now, though. Yes, I know it it's is. Gone, but, yes, it uh, is. Yeah, it's been it's been a good run, and we appreciate you coming
1: up. Well, I, out, out you
0: too. know, it's it's always my pleasure. You know, I'd do anything for you. Truly, I would. Um, uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this. I know you're really active in the alumni association. I know you've been president. I'm not sure if you're continue if you're president still. Um, it's a great organization. It's almost I think what you've added to the organization. Not that it hadn't been before, but there is a real sense. And I talked to Eddie Mio about this as well of of giving back to the community. The Red Wing Alumni Association in their own right are a pretty
2: formidable group. Yeah, we give we give a lot of money back. We uh, we do a lot of hockey games, charity hockey games throughout the year, and uh, the charities make a lot of money. We don't. Uh, it's not something that's necessarily publicized, but uh, we give we give a lot, and we we do it. We we enjoy to get together and play hockey, but more importantly, we're giving back to the community. But uh, one quick other thing is you mentioned my respect for Ted Ted asked me four or five years ago to be on uh, a co-chairman of his foundation which I I loved I agreed mm-hmm. to do even with all these other charities right. but uh, in the interim I suggested that they probably need a a young younger guy as well and mr. Dylan Larkin has stepped up and Dylan Larkin is a co-chairman of the Ted Lindsay Foundation as well, so the young guys are stepping it up too. And for a, for a, a gentleman like Dylan, who will be captain, or I'm going to have a talk with Mr. Eisman <laughs> Joe, soon.
0: Joey said it, not me.
2: <laughs> it's 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 exciting that he is, and he's he's back for probably the third or fourth straight year. So he's he's just one of those one of those people that that has watched Ted and is just continuing the tradition. Well, you know, I
0: think sometimes I know we're a product of our DNA and genes, but you're also a product of your environment. And, you know, I tip my cap to to his parents, both of whom I really like. And I know, I mean, Kevin's a trip, but, uh, you know, Mr. Larkin. But uh, you can tell that he, maybe it's from being here and playing for the hometown team or what, but he has stepped up to the plate, and not only has he performed – extremely well on the ice, he is really ingrained himself in this community, and then that's great to see. I know he's going to be here, as you said. He's taking over the, uh, you know, taking a more active role, which he said when he first got in. I remember talking to him that he wanted to learn. He was, you know, he was young, what, 21 or something, maybe even 20, but it, it, it's all kind of come together with him, and, and, you know, and certainly that's what you need in order to be successful.
2: Yeah, we, we all... It's, it's a learning process. I, I wouldn't have known when I was 21 to start a foundation or to how to run a foundation. Right. I, it took me a long time, but Dylan is li- has listened to Mr. Lindsay, and I've tried to guide him in a little ways, and he's, he's helping with all our foundations. And like I said, he's the next true leader in Detroit, in Red Wings for sure, and as far as I can see in Detroit sports. And uh, you can't thank him enough. And right. he's, the kids that are coming up under him, are gonna learn and, and are gonna be much better for it. You know, you, you, you're a little bit
0: smaller, not as bulky as you were when you played, but you're still kind of built like, you have those Popeye arms. I have to ask you, you're holding your arm like up, like by your side, I mean, are you in pain? Is it discomfort? Because you wouldn't be able to tell. Or is it because you're just a tough guy, you're a bruise brother?
2: No, it's just the way I'm sitting, there's no, there's no pain. It's, Everything feels good right now. I'm getting it fixed uh, in about five days, and I'll be back to normal in a few months. So it's the bottom of the seventh, eighth, or ninth. I forget
0: how many innings you're going to play. Your team is down by two runs. We're not going to see like a Kirk Gibson kind of when he was with the Dodgers. You getting up there all injured, barely able, swinging with one arm and putting it over the fences. Not a chance.
2: <laughs> no, not at all. We're going to bunt twice and then hit a home run.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just like last year. I, I have to ask you about this because I know that you're very, very tight. I think everybody, and obviously we all love Ken Holland and the job that he did for the Red Wings. I mean, you don't make the the playoffs 25 consecutive seasons. should have been 26 if the league didn't shut itself down. Uh, but uh, your thoughts on Steve? Coming back and being the top guy. I mean, you you played with him. I know you're very good friends with him. You know, just your. Uh, uh, I mean, I I am through the roof with uh, enthusiasm. I just can't wait to see once he really starts putting his you know his thumbprint, if you will, uh, on
2: this team. Kenny, we'll start with Kenny. Kenny was an amazing. He was he he learned. He was he was with Scotty Bowman. He was so successful, and he built an amazing franchise. But there was this Mr. Eisenman in the background that at some point was coming back, right. and Stevie's successes in Tampa Bay were amazing. He just he wanted to get back to his roots, and uh, I think Kenny understood it, and Kenny was gracious enough to allow Stevie to come back, and and probably knowing that he had a job in, in Edmonton, but you can't say enough about what Kenny did. Right. But now you've turned the reins over to a, a younger, more exciting, for the moment, energetic general manager that I believe in, in two to three years is going to turn this team around and be back in the, in the glory days.
0: You know, I, I want to ask you, people always ask me, what Steve Eisenman <coughs> like? And I say he's... He's a, first of all, he's a very decent guy, but he's the most focused individual I've ever seen. He's worked his tail off to get to where he's at, and I've also said that I think he has the highest tolerance for pain of any athlete I've ever seen. Considering, I mean, really catastrophic injuries that he's come back. You played with him. You've had some pretty good captains in your day,
2: Steve and Mark Messier. How would you describe Steve Eiserman? Steve Eiserman is the type of player that. Didn't speak a lot. Didn't talk a lot. Did it on the ice. He'd block shots. I remember him coming off the ice, blocking a shot. I'm like, stop blocking shots. We need you on the ice. Right. But he was a, he was a quiet leader. He knew when it was time to talk. He wasn't a, a rah rah captain. But the moment he spoke, everybody listened.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Same with same thing with Red Wing organization. I'm. I'm not 100% sure, but I know there's a lot of people on the edge of their seat right now because he doesn't say a lot. Nobody knows what he's going to do next. Nobody knows who's going to be the next person coming in or going out. He keeps people on their toes, and that's the same way with the team. He's going to make these guys accountable, and it's well, going to be exciting.
0: You know, I think that's how you get the best out of people, though, too. I mean, if there's always that little bit of un- being unsure, you always know that i got to bring my best each and every time. That sounds like Scotty Bowman. It really does. Well, I can't believe Scotty's <laughs> rubbed off on me. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> uh, uh, so, when you when you look at the team, when you when you look at this team, they certainly have some young young players, especially up front. I think it's no secret the blue line is going to have to be rebuilt. Everybody, you know, father time catches up with all of us. Uh, how do you see the fortunes of this team moving forward? How do you think the Red Wings? You think they're competing for a playoff spot this year or do you think as steve said let's be a little
2: patient and let's see how it all kind of falls out as a player you're competing for a playoff spot right as a outsider a former athlete or former red wing looking in i i don't know that's going to happen and it's not it wouldn't be the end of the world if it didn't happen because they still could use a couple more big good draft pieces as the team does get better the free agents are going to want to come Free agents kind of shy away from teams that are maybe not making the playoffs. Everybody wants to go to a Stanley Cup contender. I think you give this team a year, 18 months, get Stevies more of Stevie's um, draft picks or free agent signings or trades, and people are going to want to come. and that that's some two years away, I think this team could be uh, a very good hockey team.
0: And if Steve does not name, or the organization does not name Dylan Larkin the next captain of the team, Steve will have to personally answer to you. <laughs> no,
2: he won't. He's got to personally answer to Chris. But... I think it's inevitable. That's he's Dylan Larkin is the closest thing to Steve Eiserman that I ever played with, so it's it's a per, it's a perfect fit. Well, you know, I, yeah, you know,
0: it's interesting and I'll let you go cuz I know you have to run and I really so happy that you were able to find some time today is that Messier is a captain, Steve Eisman's is a captain. They were both you know, immortals of the sport, yet were they opposite ways of being captain? Was Messier more of a you know, not in your ear, but, I mean, a
2: little bit more of a rah-rah guy than Steve. They were, they were totally different captains. Mess would <laughs> knock you out with an elbow. Mess was more of a Gordie Howe captain <laughs> in that sense. And Steve was a quiet captain that uh, was Silky. His nickname was Silk. He was just a great hockey player and, uh, but didn't say, didn't say a lot until it needed to be said. I, okay, final
0: question, I promise. I promise? say that I say that a lot, so you know. But it has to be a promise. I know, I know. I know. You're enjoying yourself so much. Uh, this Saturday, the twenty fourth, Duck Lake Park is the official name. Duck Lake Pines. Duck Lake. Pines Duck Lake Park. Pines. I knew it was Duck Lake. You know, I'm, everything is lake out here. I'm so, you know, I told Dylan Larkin one time that when is the Dylan Larkin Hockey School Lake Road going to be named? <laughs> I mean, every, I can't, I'm always getting lost, but that's for another time. But, you know, uh, I know tickets are still available. There's a walk-up, but it's, it's just a wonderful uh, experience. It's coming up now. I understand that last year's game, which did end ugly, that we've talked about, is still under protest. And that was there an official winner next year, or do you think that that game is still? being determined the winner of that game
2: well the uh there's still video replay out there the um the umpires have been relieved of their duties suspended for a year just like they did in football and i was hockey for that stupid call in the in the oh yeah was it the the, san jose vegas game game. oh yeah but again you can't blame the the officials because they don't see everything and they usually don't see anything especially in softball So they've been relieved of their duties. Not Not NHL officials. No, 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 no. no, We want to clear that up. I'm talking to Nimrods that I have doing my games. Joey, like I said, you've you've done. Hey, Newman. Newman is here who
0: was at the center of this controversy, but uh, we'll. well, (laughs) <laughs> we'll, we'll see. It was, it was rather ugly for a charity game last year, the ending. So uh, uh, kind of uh, hurt feelings on both sides and dismay. But anyway, Joey, <laughs> thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I, I think what you do is absolutely tremendous. I mean, you know, as I said, not only were you a great hockey player, certainly in the red and white and with the Rangers as well, but, you know, what you have done since you've retired has been literally inspiring and amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you very
1: much, Eric.